0: From Bainbridge Island to the villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. 5 out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show.
1: This is Prem Karno, author of Smart Pickleball, and here is the host of The Pickleball Show, Chris Allen.
0: Live from the PBX Club studios in Asheville, North Carolina, this is The Pickleball Show. I am your host, Chris Allen, and I would like to thank you for joining me today and for all of the episodes leading up to this one. This is episode number 98. In the history of the Pickleball Show, going on our third year now, we've got episode 100 coming up in just a couple of weeks, and I'm going to have a special announcement on that 100th episode regarding the future of the Pickleball Show podcast and PDX Club, so stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up on episode 100. Very excited to be welcoming so many of you to Asheville in just a few weeks for Pickleball Summit. March 31st, April 1st and 2nd. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, National champions Matthew Blom and Brian Staub will be here. National finalist Lucy Kovalova, Third Shot Sports, Mark Rennison. They'll all be here and we're going to have a great time. Now, we are pretty much sold out, but there is... Is a wait list for Pickleball Summit, and I urge you to go ahead and add your name to it if you think you do want to attend because, you know, a lot can happen between now and the actual summit, and sometimes uh, people, you know, they have to take themselves. Uh, off of the attendee list and then that opens up a slot for you to slide right in there in your particular skill level group. So go to pickleballsummit.com and then down where the tickets are usually on sale, you can click the button. If we are sold out for your skill level group, click that button and then that'll send an email and put you on the wait list. And you never know, usually we get a cancellation or two, you know, things happen. So uh, we look forward to seeing you here at Pickleball Summit. March 31st, April 1st and 2nd. And again, that's pickleballsummit.com. Of course, I link to it in the show notes. Let's head out to Surprise, Arizona now. Welcome my co-host for this week, the hardest working person in pickleball, Melissa McCurley. Hey, Melissa.
1: Hello there, Chris. Always a pleasure to be here with you.
0: And we'll go just a little bit further out on the West Coast, go out to uh, Southern California and welcome our guests today. We are happy to have them. Father and son, Steve and Callan Dawson. Gentlemen, thank you for making time for us on the pickleball show today thank you no i have really wanted to talk to you both for a long time because i i always have this special thing about a father and a son team i've mentioned it to matt Stobb and brian staub also scott moore daniel moore i feel like with you guys There's actually a system that can be taught and be passed down. Wanted to find out what you think overall, and we'll start with you, Steve. What do you think is sort of the Dawson style of play? How do you approach pickleball in general?
2: If I had to categorize the Dawson style of play, I would say it's controlling the kitchen during the course of a doubles match. And if if you can imagine this, it would be staying on the aggressive side of a dink rally. You know, the the other people move a little further. They go to different spots. They're always stretching and moving and moving and stretching and going this corner to that corner, whatever, all within a dink rally. So you're sort of beating people up with dinks. That's sort of how I would describe it. Is it
0: kind of like a death by a thousand cuts type of a strategy? <laughs> Yeah,
2: so, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sort of uh, poke them to death until they bleed out. Maybe. I don't know.
1: Well, Chris, if uh, if you've seen his wife, Jennifer, play, I'm going to call it death by the backhand power stroke oh, that God. I've seen firsthand. That thing is lethal.
2: Remember, Callan's related to me, but my wife is not. I have to
1: <laughs> Well, I'm sure you don't want to be on the other side of that backhand either. Yeah.
0: No. And we should point out, too, that you guys, I mean, you're not just awesome pickleball players, both of you, but you're you're awesome tennis players as well. And uh, you actually own the Bobby Riggs Tennis Club there in California. How long have you been associated with the Bobby Riggs Tennis Club, Steve?
2: I've been associated with it about five years and an owner almost three years. Mm-hmm. So I sort of was just here coaching and watching and coaching and picking up things and just deciding if it was something I wanted to do. And it sort of worked out.
0: That was amazing. And I know that Melissa and Callan are too young to remember this, but the battle of the sexes, you know, uh, Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King, that was really, really something. I mean, that was, what, 1973? I was 10 years old. I still remember it. It wasn't just the sporting event. It was one of those things like a cultural event that just kind of captivated the nation uh, for that whole year, it seemed like. Uh, You remember that, Steve?
2: I barely remember it. It was I would have been 10 years old at the time. What I do know is still a record, though, is, is to this day, that's still the most watched live tennis match ever in the history of tennis because they filled up the Houston Astrodome.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was at the time, I remember it was the most watched sporting event ever. I mean, we're including Super Bowls uh, in that mix. And I think they were saying 90 million, you know, back in 1973 with that event. I remember being in the mall, my local mall and being in Sears. Uh, when it was going on, and all of the TVs and the TV department were turned over to that channel. There must have been ABC because I remember Howard Cosell being on it, and it was one of those things you would have thought Neil Armstrong was landing on the moon uh, because right. everybody was stopped, you know, and watching it. I know that they they just uh, filmed a movie.
2: Not everyone's not supposed to know this just yet, but uh, I know Emma Stone is playing Billie Jean King, and Steve Carell is Bobby Riggs, and it's going to be a great Hollywood production out pretty soon, I
0: think. Yeah, I was wondering if they. If they uh, tapped you for, you know a consultant or if they use some memorabilia from the tennis club in in the in the movie?
2: I, uh, I hit with some tennis players and picked the gal that uh, is going to be playing uh, Billy Jean King in the live shots. the The body double was out here at the club playing, and I said, hey, This gal can play. She's the one, and that's who
0: they picked. Wow, well, that'll be neat. Like you said, Emma Stone, who just won the Academy Award for La La Land, and then Steve Carell, the guy from The Office. Uh, That'll be great. All right. Enough tennis. Let's get to pickleball. (laughs) Let's get back to the the sport of kings here. You've given the overall Dawson style. Uh, Let's break it down a little bit into how you approach certain elements of the game. Let's start with the serve here. Are you guys just getting it in, Callan, or are you trying to make something happen, maybe force a mistake or or put your uh, opponent on defense right from the very beginning?
1: When it comes to the serve, I mean, for the most part, I'm just trying to get it in because nothing makes you more frustrated than missing the serve. But if it is feeling good, I mean, I will try to hit the ball as hard as I can while still being pretty sure I'm not going to miss just in hopes that maybe it makes their return a serve. 10 or 15 percent worse just so it makes my third shot that much easier but I mean for the most part I'm just trying to make it in
0: yeah so that's the rule number one is just don't miss the serve oh yeah for sure and um maybe not
1: necessarily trying to hit the ball hard to make it mess up but you know but just maybe changing it up with the depth in the court you hit it maybe you hit one deep maybe you hit one somewhat shallow Mm -hmm. and maybe using that way to get them to hit a worse return or serve instead of just trying to hit it as hard as you can.
0: So deep isn't necessarily a requirement. You can go shallow, you can go left or right. You're not always trying to hit to the backhand, not always trying to hit deep. Right, exactly. What about you, Melissa? Are you uh, are you a just get it in type of uh, player? I don't think I've ever asked you that before.
1: Oh, that's definitely me. That's why I have a backhand serve because I could no longer get the ball in on a regular, you know, underhand serve. So I learned the little backhand serve. So for me, it's all about just getting it in there.
0: Yeah. What about you? Uh, are you the same way, Steve? Uh, pretty much just get it in. If you can make it a little bit, uh, have a little degree of difficulty on it, that's fine. But uh, just get it in is the type Top priority.
2: Uh, I'm a little bit different. I always start serving very conservatively, especially at the start of a game or after the other team calls timeout, which is when they want you to choke a serve into the net or something. <laughs> so I, I will start a game with just nice, simple serves right down the middle, so it always goes in. I'll start after the other team calls a timeout. I'll start with the most simple, basic serve. And then as the match progresses, I start adding all my other serves. My own little rule to myself is I never hit the same serve twice in a row to the same person. So I have a, a, a hard topspin forehand serve. I have a lob serve. I have a backhand slice serve. I have a sidespin forehand serve and a sidespin backhand serve. And part of the stuff that keeps me mentally motivated in a match is trying to remember the serve I hit to the person two serves ago so they get something different the next time. <laughs> that's my own thing. And I can never start that way because I'll miss them all. I have to work into that as the match progresses.
0: That's neat. I've never I've never thought to just kind of catalog my serves like that. That would be a good mental exercise, like you said.
1: Yeah,
2: it is. It's a mental exercise, and that's what keeps you going.
1: Chris and a mental exercise. <laughs> I could have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
0: don't know. It's an oxymoron.
1: A whole nother show, guys. A whole nother show.
2: I do have a little tip here for any listeners that yeah. want some fun little thing on the serve is one thing I've learned through all my tournaments is when you play against an opponent that really loves to hack all kinds of massive spins on their return a serve. Yeah. Like someone will just chop it and hack it and spin it and it hits the ground and bounces all over. That's me. A way you can reduce the amount of spin your opponent can put on their return a serve is for you to have a lob serve. Then there's no forward momentum on the ball for them to transfer to spin and when you just put a little lob serve in and watch the person try to spin it, it's, it's, they all, it's
0: just. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, cause I'm guilty of that. I get addicted to the spin. It shuts me down pretty quick when I, when I feed somebody a, a, a serve with a bunch of spin on it and then they go, Oh yeah, I'll see that spin and I'll raise you this yeah. much spin. And yeah. then it comes back and that, the thing's about to come apart at the seams at that point. <laughs>
1: this is Carolyn. When you're doing that, when you're playing those people with super good slice return of serves and it's making it hard for you to hit some good third shots, if you hit it just nice and easy, they can still hit good slice. You literally have to hit a moon ball serve, and then that will take away their ability hit
0: a good slice return. All right. That's good to know. All right. Let's do this, guys. If you will be kind enough to join us next week, we're into the serve now. I want to get into the return and then also the third shot. We're going to go over some other elements of the Dawson style. Uh, Sound good? You want to join us next week? Sounds
1: good, Chris. Sounds good, Chris. I'll talk to you then.
0: All right, Melissa. Hope you can make it as well. Absolutely. I wouldn't miss it. And if you are thinking of hosting a pickleball tournament, you need Melissa McCurley, Greg Thompson, and PickleballTournaments.com in your corner. Don't make a move without them. We'd like to have you here in Asheville for Pickleball Summit. We're pretty much sold out, but... There is a waiting list. Go to pickleballsummit.com and get your name on the wait list for your particular skill level group. You never know. It's coming up March 31st, April 1st and 2nd right here in Asheville. Pickleballsummit.com. Episode number 99, we'll continue talking with Steve and Callum Dawson next week. After that, episode 100 of The Pickleball Show, where I will be making a special announcement regarding the future of The Pickleball Show. Stand by for that. I'm Chris Allen. This is The Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low.